0: Um, As I was reading through Jonah chapter 3 this week and getting ready for this morning, this concept sort of jumped out to my mind um, that hearing someone and listening to someone are, are two very different things, right? It's different to hear than it is to listen. We can hear a lot of things that maybe just end up being noise without us actually listening to the things that are coming our way. And I think you guys sort of know maybe a little bit. About that, right? So, for instance, for me, um, it's very obvious in uh, times where I hear Chelsea and times where I actually listen to Chelsea when we're at the house. Chelsea's my wife if if you've never met her before. Um, So, a, a typical example of something like that at my house is this, and maybe this is true of you with your parents or husbands and wives, or, or, or whatever, I don't know. Um, so if I'm staying up late to watch the Astros game, a conversation will typically go like this. Chelsea will come and begin to talk to me and say, hey, listen, I'm going to bed before you go to bed, and then I don't really listen to anything else. I just hear a lot of words that are coming out of her mouth, and then the way that it typically goes is I'll go to bed a little bit later after the game, and the next thing I know, I'm being woken up in the morning to questions like, why didn't you do the dishes last night? like, what are you talking about? Why didn't you do the laundry last night? And I'm like, what? I, I have no idea what you're talking about. And I don't know why this is making that noise either. Um, I'll say, the thing, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. And, you, and she'll say things like, we had this huge, long conversation last night about all these things that you were going to do. And honestly, I don't remember a word of it. You know, I didn't remember it. I obviously didn't do it. Right? I heard the words that were coming out of her mouth, but I didn't listen to the words that were coming out of her mouth. Her mouth, And I think that you guys have probably been there too, where you've heard something, your parents have told you something, a teacher has told you something, maybe you've read something in God's Word, you've heard it, but you didn't listen to it. And if that's you, then you're just like everyone else, right? There's times where you hear, where you don't actually listen, right? you hear, but you don't actually listen. My hope and my goal is that that we would look in God's word and and we see that that God wants us to do much more than just hear, right? God wants us to listen and to respond to his word as we hear his word. Listen, guys, every time we hear it, we've got the choice about whether or not we're going to respond. And, And by the way, not responding is in fact a choice as well. We see time and time again in the Bible, these cases, these instances where God speaks and people respond. God speaks to someone and they respond by listening and then by doing what God said. We see that in the book of Jonah as well. So go ahead and open with me to Jonah if you haven't already. We're going to be in chapter 3 this morning, and here's the deal. We've looked at Jonah a lot this summer. We've looked at Jonah at camps. We've looked at Jonah on some of our mission trips. We've been preaching through Jonah on Sunday mornings here at Champion Force. And our hope is that as we continue to to repeat and focus in on one book for a long time this summer, that the message of the book, right, that what, what God is trying to teach us and tell us through this book would sink in. We would hear God's word, and then we would respond by being obedient and doing What God's called us to do, right? If you're in Jonah chapter 3, let let me catch us up. In Jonah chapter 1, God comes to Jonah and gives Jonah a command. Give me a one-word answer, yes or no. Does Jonah obey God? No. Jonah does the opposite of what God called him to do, right? Goes the other direction, gets on a boat, sailing away. One-word answer, yes or no. Did this end well for Jonah? Jonah. No, disobedience led to consequences for Jonah. He's going, and God is pursuing Jonah. And in this book, we see that in this specific case, God's pursuit of his child, God's pursuit of a follower of him, Led to consequences in Jonah's life, and those consequences were meant to bring Jonah to a place of repentance, to bring Jonah to a place where he realized what he was doing was wrong and that God had something better for him. So Jonah runs, he gets on a boat, he gets thrown off the boat because of a storm that God brought. He's in the waves. Uh, I think the uh, pastor Ryan at camp talked about the seaweed wrapping around Jonah's head. He's going down. God sends something else. What's God send while Jonah's in the water? A big fish. I heard whale. Maybe. I don't know. Fish, whale, something big enough to swallow Jonah. Jonah spends some time in the belly of the fish. And if you're looking at Jonah chapter 3, look back one verse to chapter 2, verse 10. It says this, and the Lord spoke to the fish. So we see God's sovereignty here over all creation, right? God just doesn't talk to, to people God spoke to the fish here, right? God is in control of everything that's going on. If you think there's something going on in your life right now that God can't handle, look at chapter 2, verse 10, and realize that God is speaking to the fish, telling the fish what to go and do. It says, The Lord spoke to the fish, it vomited Jonah out onto dry land. And then it's not in here, we don't see it. That's the last verse of this chapter, and then chapter 3 starts. But I would assume... I would imagine that at some point between those two chapters, Jonah got in the water and washed everything else that was vomited up with him off, got clean again, and then we start chapter 3. Look at it with me. It says this. The word of the Lord came to Jonah for the second time. That's a big deal. The second time saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and call against it. The message that I, that's God, the message that God will tell to Jonah. As we read this verse, right, we we see that Jonah's getting something very important and very special right here. Jonah's getting a second chance. If you think about it, Jonah blew it the first time. Did the opposite what God called him to do, ran in the the wrong direction. His heart was far from God. His mind was far from God. His attitude was far from God. Jonah blew it. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Jonah was disobedient before God. And we see in in chapter 3, verse 1, that God's giving Jonah a second chance. And look at how God says it, right? He just says, arise and go to Nineveh. Arise and go. God doesn't say, Jonah, you messed up last time. You better get it right this time. God doesn't say, listen, you blew it last time. Do you think you can handle it? This time, God doesn't say, hey, remember all the bad things you did before? It's time to get that right, get that straightened out, and now come and do it. Listen, there's no shame associated with this command. God doesn't shame Jonah into it. God calls Jonah into it. He's got a true, legit second chance here that comes from God. His rebellion was not held over his head. His failure was not held over his head. God simply comes to him a second time with a second chance to go and do what God had called him to do. I heard um, one pastor say it like this, that Jonah was as much the mission as Nineveh. And I think that what they mean when they say that is God cared just as much about Jonah's soul and Jonah's heart as he did the people in Nineveh. God wanted to see Jonah come to a place of repentance, a place of belief, a place of obedience, a place of walking with God, because we know that God's word teaches us that that all of us, Jonah included, and you and I, we were designed to walk in relationship with God, to be drawn closely to God. And even though he blew it, even though he messed up, God pursues him and reaches out to him through different circumstances, through a fish, through a whale, a boat, all this kind of stuff. And God works to bring Jonah back into that relationship with him and give him a second chance. And as we read this, I, mean, I, just, I just wonder, how does it make you feel to look in God's word And to see a simple sentence like this in verses 1 and 2, to see someone that messed up so bad, someone that rebelled against God, someone that ran from God, how does it make you feel to see a person like Jonah being given a second chance? The word that pops into my mind about myself when I read this is hope. And if God did that for Jonah, God will do that for me. If God pursued Jonah and restored Jonah and forgave Jonah, then God will... God will forgive me, and God will give me a second chance. Have you guys ever messed up? I mean, think about it. Have you ever done something that you knew you shouldn't do? Have you ever had this time in your life where you were rebelling against God, where you were running in the wrong direction, where you were doing? You, you knew what God wanted you to do. Jonah knew what God wanted him to do. There was no question. Right? Have there ever been that time in your life where you know what God wants you to do, but you're doing the opposite, where you know that the life that God's called you to, and you're just running in the wrong direction? I have I've been there right? where I, I know the, what God's called me to, and I just don't want to do it. And my heart was hard, and, and I was running the opposite direction. I was running away from what God had called me to do. Listen, there were consequences in my life for that, right? and God used the consequences in my life. Just like Jonah here, God used those consequences in my life to bring me back to him to bring me to a place of repentance, to bring me to a place, like Paul said a second ago, of belief in God. Put my faith and my trust in God. God used his word. God used other Christians, other people in my life. God used the church. God used life group teachers. God used my family. God used all kinds of people in my life to get a hold of my heart and turn me back To that relationship with him, and God gave me another chance. God gave Jonah another chance. Guys, and if you repent, if you believe, if you trust God, God gives you another chance as well. He looks at Jonah and he says, Jonah, you've messed up, but you're still the one that I want to send. You're still the one that I've called to do this very important mission, to go to these people that I dearly love, to give them a command. And as we look in chapter 3 verses 1 and 2, the command is the same as the first time in chapter 1. It's to go to Nineveh. And the cool thing is this. Look at the last part of verse 2. If you've got your Bibles, look down in your Bibles, the last part of verse 2. It says, Jonah, I want you to call out a message that I will tell you. So he's sending Jonah, not to say, Jonah, go tell them what you think. Jonah, don't give them a message, but Jonah, go give them a word directly from God. Jonah, go give them the message that did not originate in your heart, but that originated in the heart of God. And that's a good reminder for us as God sends us, as God places us where he wants us to be. The message that we have to share is not a message of our own opinions and ideas. The message that we have to share with the people that God has sent us to originates in the heart of God. God's given us his word to share with those he brings into our lives. Look down at verse 3. We're tracking Jonah. So Jonah, he's got this incredible second chance. He's been spit out by the fish. God's come to him again. It says, so Jonah arose and he went to Nineveh. Right? He did what God called him to do. He went to Nineveh. And then these last couple words are so pivotal to this verse. He went to Nineveh according to his opinions, according to his preferences, according to his desires. No, he went to Nineveh according to the word of who? What's your Bible say? Look at verse 3. According to the word of the Lord, Jonah's actions were driven by God's words. Do you get that? Jonah's actions were driven by what God told him to do, obedience, right? Jonah was obedient before God. If you're taking notes, and I hope you are right now, God desires our obedience, right? God wants us to be obedient to his word. Listen, Jonah had already gone the other way, right? Right? I mean, he'd gone the other way. He saw what was waiting for him if he went the other way. Ultimately, for Jonah, the other direction was like impending death. Jonah is being drugged down in the sea. He's thinking that he's going to die, and but for the grace and the mercy of God... He would have died from going the other direction. So he knows that disobedience leads to death. It leads to separation. Now Jonah's going the other way. He's obedient to do what God's called him to do, just like I hope and pray that I'm obedient and that each and every one of us in here would be obedient to do what God has called us to do to do listen jesus says in john chapter 8 there's this really cool verse and a lot of times we quote it in john 8:31 uh, verse 8 uh, chapter 8 verse 32 it says this and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free and we quote that a lot without quoting verse 31 let me read it to you this is jesus talking right to his followers so if you're a follower of Jesus, I mean, this is, this is Jesus talking to us, right? John 8, 31. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, so people who had believed in, in him, if, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Listen, Jesus is saying that a reflection of discipleship, or maybe evidence of discipleship in the life of someone who claims to be a believer is obedience. It's people that will abide in the Word of God, and part of abiding in the Word of God is obedience to the Word of God, not just knowing about it. There's a lot of people that know a lot about it, but knowing it and doing it, right? So that personal example in my life, right, with me and Chelsea, it's hearing it, understanding it, and doing it, walking it out. Because when we hear God's Word, we shouldn't just hear it. We should try to listen to it to discern what it means, to discern what God's calling us. And then, right, then we take it a step farther and we're obedient to what God has told us to do. And in chapter 3, verse 3, we see God speaking and we see Jonah, the man of God, responding. So Jonah's actions here, you can write this down, were driven by the word of God. And as I read that specific line this week, and as that thought popped into my head this week, I just sort of wrote down in the margin of my Bible, Stephen, are your actions driven by the word of God? An easier way to say that is, do I do what I do because God's word has told me to? Right? Am I living my life the way that I'm living my life because I see that's what God's telling me to do in his word? And I asked myself that and I had to wrestle with that and look at my life, and I'm going to ask you guys the same question. Are you living your lives according to God's word? Are you doing what you do because you see it in God's Word? Are the decisions that you make in different areas of your life decisions that you make because you see it in God's Word, right? It's sort of a a fair question, I think, for us to ask as followers of Christ. I want you to think about it for a minute. So let me just toss out some examples, some practical examples of what that could or maybe should. Is that me, Sammy? What am I doing here? I'll just hold it like this for a minute. All right? So what... Looking at God's Word. Are we doing what we're doing because God's Word has driven us that way? So a a very, very important thing in a lot of our lives, right? We look at the surveys and the stats. Something that's very important to each and every person in here is friends, right? Relationships with friends. So my question is, are you building friendships with the people you're building friendships with because you see that that's what God has called you to do in His Word? Listen, God's Word talks a lot about your friendships, And about the relationships that you develop, are you developing your friendships the way that God has called you to do that? What about with your families, right? Are we treating our families the way that God has called us to treat our families? What's a very important verse in Scripture for for students, right, people that, that are not yet adults? What's a very important verse for families, right, that you guys should all know? Honor your father and mother. A lot of you didn't want to say it. Honor your father and your mother. Listen, this is a simple question. Are you living the way you're living at home because God has told you to? Right? Because God's word doesn't leave it out. You're supposed to honor your father and mother. What about the words that come out of your mouth? Are the words that come out of your mouth words that come out of your mouth because God has told you to? We, we know that, that Scripture says, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. The Bible says. But only that which is useful and helpful for building up of other people, right? Are the words that we say coming out of our mouth because we're responding to God's Word in that area of our life? What about the TV shows that we watch, the movies that we watch, the music that we listen to? Are they pure? Are they holy? Because God's Word says, be holy as I am holy, so are we letting that area of our life be affected by God's word? Listen, God's word's not silent on any area of our life. And In this book, we see in Jonah, we see responding to the word of God. And it's not just when God calls you to go tell someone about him. It's not just when God sends you on a mission trip. We see that this response to God's word should be in every single area of our lives. So everybody look up here and ask you a personal question. Are you... Living your life according to the word of God. I want you to think about that. Wrestle with that for a second. Are you living your life according to the word of God? Are you living your life according to the word of God? Our actions, our life, should be driven by what God says. Not by what other people say. Not by what our friends say. Our actions should be driven by what God's word tells us to do. In verse 3, we see Jonah's word, right? God came to Jonah again, and Jonah went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Could have meant death, but he did it anyway. He didn't want to go, but he did it anyway. It was going to be very uncomfortable for him, but Jonah did it anyway. Keep reading. It says, now Nineveh was an exceedingly great City, three days' journey in breadth would have taken him three days to walk around it. And there's a little note; it might be in some of your study Bibles that talks about exceedingly great city. It's great because it's big, but the way that, that that's written in the Hebrew, uh, it says it was a great city to God. Right now, it wasn't full of the people of God; it was full of Gentiles, not Hebrews. Right? It wasn't full of the people of God, but God loved the city and cared for the city because it was full of people. Listen to this: that were made. In the image of God. So we see God cares about people and doesn't desire that they would perish. God is making way. Verse 4, Jonah began to go into the city. He went a day's journey in, and he called out to Nineveh. Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. That was his entire sermon. Yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And he walked through the city saying that over and over and over again. There's the sermon. 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. He didn't say, hey, listen, God loves you and, and God wants you to turn around so you're not overthrown. He just put it out there over and over and over again. 40 days and Nineveh is going down. 40 days and Nineveh is going to be destroyed. That's a tough message to give, right? It's not a popular message, it's not a fun message, but that's the message that God called him to give when he gets in there. He honestly probably thought that he wouldn't survive in the city of Nineveh giving that message. We know they're known for their brutality, they would kill people, they would do all kinds of crazy stuff. He knew for sure that as an Israelite going in there that he was probably going to be killed. Especially with that message, he probably thought that he was going to be killed. But he went in and he gave them, listen to this, the full message word of God he didn't change it and he didn't water down the message it says 40 days and Nineveh will be what overthrown that word could also be destroyed that's the same word used earlier in the Bible talking about the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah he didn't water the message down right he gave them the full message of God and that's a good reminder to us that we've got to tell people everything Right? We've got to give people the word of God. We can't water it down if we think it's going to, to upset them. We can't water it down if we think it's going to make them uncomfortable. Man, as believers, as Christians, as people that God has called and redeemed, as Alex said earlier, as saints, man, we, we are called to give people the word of God, the complete word of God, the full word of God, and not to change it or alter it because it's not ours. It's God's anyway. Remember who lived in Nineveh. Violent people, scary people bad people. Jonah comes in, gives them the full message of God, and we'll see in chapter four, but we'll deal with that next week, that that Jonah didn't think there was a chance these people were going to get saved. Jonah didn't think there was a chance that these people would turn to God. He said, these people are too evil. These people are too far gone. There's no way that they're going to repent. There's no way that they're going to get their heart right. With God, They're not people that were like on the edge of trusting Christ that had visited church maybe a couple times and they were really close to giving their their hearts and their lives to Christ. These were really, really evil people. And as I read that this week, I just sort of had this thought of maybe maybe sometimes church people have looked at other people and said, man, they're too far gone. I don't think this person would ever trust Christ. I don't think that this person would ever listen to what I might have to say about God's word. And if that's been true of me, then, then shame on me. And if that's ever been true of us as a church, then I think, gosh, shame on us because, guys, we don't get to decide that, right? We're called to share the message and let God do what God's going to do. And if we ever think that someone is too far gone, let me just remind you and me that, that we were both there too. In the New Testament, in 1 Corinthians, Paul says this in, in chapter six, verse nine, he's, he's, and he's saying this to the church, right? He's saying this to church people. He says, do you not know That the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. That means that the unrighteous won't go to heaven. Will not inherit the kingdom of God. Don't be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, the idolaters, the adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And then the part that I want you to hear is this next part. It says this, And such were some of you. Right, Paul's reminding the people in the church that, that apart from the grace of Christ, that was them. Right? God radically changed their heart and their life and brought them to this place of repentance, this place of, of salvation. It says, and such were some of you, but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of God. So you and I no matter who God sends us to, we've got to be faithful to the message and trust that God and God alone will work in the hearts and lives of those he sends us to. In Jonah's case, it was Nineveh. Look at verse 5. This is what happened in Nineveh when Jonah preached that amazing one-sentence sermon. It says, and the people of Nineveh believed God. Look at your Bible or look on the screen. The people of Nineveh believed God. It doesn't say they believed Jonah. The people of Nineveh believed God. God And what we see next is evidence of their belief. We see some obedience, repentance in them. It says they called for a fast. They put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. This is important. Leave that verse on the screen, guys, so they can see it. Verse 5, right? The people heard the word of God, and they responded to the word of God. That's what what Jonah chapter 3 is about, responding to the word of God. God for each and every one of us. They heard the word of God and they responded to the word of God. Listen, these weren't people who sat around reading their Bibles. These weren't people who heard very many messages, if any at all, from someone who was bringing them a message from God. These people, like first time, heard the word of God and immediately believed in their hearts and they responded to the word of God. And specifically for them, let me tell you what they believed. Because right? what was the message? Forty days and Nineveh will be what? Destroyed, overthrown, right? They believed what God said. They understood that their sins or their evil was going to lead them and their city to a place of being overthrown. That, that's what they understood. That their sin was going to lead them into destruction. And they believed God and they responded by turning away from that sin and by crying out, to God. They believed it. There's this corporate response where the entire city in unison is impacted by the Word of God, and they respond to it. Listen, the message is very similar for me and for you, right? That's the, the message that Jonah gave the people of Nineveh. Paul gives us a very similar one in Romans chapter 6, verse 23. It says, the wages of sin is what? Death. It's death, but the gift of God is Eternal life, right? Sin leads to destruction. We see that in Jonah chapter 3. Sin to destruction, but God leads to life. We've got that same opportunity to turn our hearts, to respond to God's word, and find life instead of destruction. Find heaven instead of hell. As I was reading this book this week, as I'm reading Jonah, we see that one, one person Believing God resulted in thousands of people in the city of Nineveh also believing in God. And it made me think about each and every one of us, right? Every life group teacher, every college student, middle school or high school, it doesn't matter who we are in here, it made me think about what God could do in and through one of us who believes him and who responds to his word. Jonah, right? Messed up. Jonah, a lot of bad things. Jonah rebelled against God. God gets a hold of his heart. Jonah believes God, and now thousands of people turn away from their evil and cry out to God. It just made me think about one student at Klein Collins saying, I believe it. I believe what this says. I'm going into Klein Collins. I'm gonna tell people what God's word says. What could God do through one student in a school? Well, as we see here, God could do a lot. The entire city cried out to God. One, one worker in an office building going, I, I, I believe what this says. I get it. I all, I'm doing what God has called me. I'm going to respond to God's word, and I'm going to do it. We see that God can do so much. What if, what if our church, what if all the students in here, right, six, seven hundred of us in here this morning, what if we, like the city and that responded to God's word in unison? What if we all said, we believe God, we're going to do what God has called us to do? Listen, the impact I think that, that God would make if we all walked out of here on fire responding to the word of God, what we, we couldn't even imagine. We couldn't even imagine. Let's just simply do what God's called us to do. Right? We're going to come back to that in a minute. That's what the people of Nineveh did. They responded to God's word. They turned from their sin, which leads to death, to God. You're gonna to have to answer here. Sin leads to death, and God leads to to where? Life. God leads to life. They responded. Look at verse six. The word of God reached the king of Nineveh. And he arose from his throne in his robe, and he covered himself with sackcloth and ashes, right? That's a sign of mourning for. His sin, <clears throat> And he issued a proclamation, and he published it throughout the entire city of Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles. Let neither man nor beast, herd, or flock taste anything. Don't let him feed. Don't let him drink any water. But, but la- let man and beast be covered in sackcloth. Again, mourning for the sins they committed. And then let them call out mightily to... God, that's the key, calling out to God, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. In verse 5, we see the people believe. In verses 6 through 9, we see the king putting out to the whole city that they would repent and turn to God. In verse 8, We see they cry out to God. In verse 9, we see they're turning away from their evil, hoping that they would not perish. Think about that word perish. Where have we seen it before? Anybody know John 3, 16? God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not Perish. perish, but would have everlasting life. God, sin leads to death. God leads to life. The people of Nineveh, they got it, right? They understood that and they responded to the word of God. This past week at Creek Camp, a ton of sixth and seventh grade students got that and they responded to the word of God. They placed their faith and trust in Jesus for salvation, to be saved from the destruction of being separated from God. We've got to respond to the word of of God, and maybe a question that I think is fair in, in this passage to ask all of us is is it time for you to respond to the Word of God? All right, maybe you know the Word of God, maybe you've heard the Word of God, maybe you know John three sixteen, you've heard stories about Jesus dying on the cross, and it's a lot of knowledge in your head, but you've never actually taken that step and said, I believe. Jesus, I believe you. I'm ready to place my faith and my trust in you. Guys, if that's you this morning, don't wait. If that's you this morning, then today, today, respond to the word of God. Second Peter 3:9 says this God is patient, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. Right? God, God didn't want Jonah to perish. So he sent the storm, and he sent the fish, and he brought Jonah's heart back to him. God didn't want the people of Nineveh to perish. And so he sent Jonah with a message directly from him into Nineveh. And as we read in Second Peter, guys, God doesn't desire that we would perish. God desires that we would turn to him, believe in him, trust him for salvation, for our sins to be forgiven so that we wouldn't perish, but so we would have eternal life with him. And that happens when we believe in Jesus. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whoever believes would not perish but have everlasting life. If you have believed in Jesus, and I think that a lot of you guys have, a lot of us have, if you have believed in Jesus, let me ask you a question. In, In Jonah chapter three, we see God has this incredible desire to see even the most evil people trust in him. Even the most evil people saved from their destruction and given life that can come only from God. My question is, do we share God's heart for that? Is it our desire to see people who are far from God, to be drawn close to God? Is it our desire to see people who are enemies of God, made sons and daughters of God? Is it our desire to see people come into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ? For Christians, if we believe the word of God, it should be. If we're going to hear the word of God and respond to the word of God, one of our biggest responses to God's word as we read it as Christians is to tell other people about the saving faith that can be in Jesus Christ. Look at verse 10. It says, When God saw what the people of Nineveh did, when he saw how they turned away from evil and how they cried out to him, <clears throat> God relented of the disaster that he said he would do to them, and he did not do it. Guys, they turned to God, and they did not perish what a great picture of forgiveness here what a great picture of the love of God people evil people doing unspeakable things in that city turning from God from evil crying out to God and God providing a way for them to be saved this is such a cool book and the Bible, and a great reminder for us, and hopefully a great encouragement to us. I've got three things that I want you to write down that I hope you would take away from this chapter, and I hope that we wouldn't just listen to or hear, but that we would actually listen to, and as we listen, that we would respond, and the first is this, and it's very simple, guys, each and every person in here has to trust Jesus to be saved. Each and every person in here has got to trust Jesus to be saved. The people of Nineveh trusted God, and they were spared. They trusted God, and they had life. Guys, we see in Scripture that each and every one of us is in that exact same position. We might not live in, in Nineveh, but just like every person in Nineveh, guys, our sins are taking us towards destruction. Romans 3.23 says this, For all have sinned, that's me, that's you, that's all of us, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. In Romans 6.23, we see the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is life. So if we've all sinned, according to that verse, guys, we're, we're heading to death, separation from God. But Jesus can take us to life. That's great. What do, I, what do I do next? What's my next step? I've heard it. I want to respond to the word of God by placing my faith and trust in him. At Romans ten nine and 10 it says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe with your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved you don't work for it you don't earn it you believe in Jesus and as you believe in Jesus you are saved and if that's you you're gonna have a chance to do that with one of us in just a minute if that's you this morning respond to God's word right don't run away from God's word don't turn away from God's word don't ignore God's word guys if that's you I want to encourage you to respond to the word of God this morning the second thing is this that I want us all to, to pull away is this guys be obedient to the word of God Be obedient to the word of God. When God speaks, we should listen. When God talks to us, we should do what God tells us to do. Jesus says, you're my disciples because you do what I say, because you obey my commands. So guys, we've got to do what God tells us to do. If you're not sure what God's told you to do, it's right here. It's all right here. Here, God doesn't leave us guessing. He doesn't leave us questioning. What God's told us to do is all right here. And if you're wondering, I'm not sure what God's told me to do. I haven't read the Bible. I don't know a ton about the Bible. Let me give you a few easy things that I think we all can know from the Bible. Jesus said the most important thing you could do, the most important thing is to love God. Very simple. Love God. He said the next most important thing that you can do is love the people around you. So if you don't know anything else or you're not sure where to start, but you want to be obedient to God, do everything you can to love God and to love the people that God's placed in your life. Honor your parents. God's Word tells us to do that. Love and honor and cherish your spouse. God's Word has told us to do that. Tell other people, like Jonah did, about how God wants to save them. God's Word tells each and every one of us to do that. Live generously, realizing what you have is God's, not yours. Live generously to further the kingdom of God. God's Word tells us to do that. Help the widows. God's word tells us to do that. Look out for the orphans. God's word tells us to do that. Guys, be obedient to the word of God. Don't be overwhelmed. Don't think you have to know everything right now. Just simply start with what you already know and be obedient. A lot of people say, do the next right thing. All right, do the next right thing. And then the last thing I want you to pull from this passage is this. Guys, keep listening. Keep listening. God's going to continue to speak. God's going to continue to teach you. Don't ever get to a place where you think you've got it all, where you think you know it all. Always be listening to God. When we teach in here, be listening to what God has for you. In your life group class with your small group leader, be listening to what God has for you. As you read your Bible on your own during the week, be listening to what God is calling and telling you to do. And when God speaks, respond. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray that the truth of God's word is both encouraging and uplifting to you. If you'd like more information about our church, service times, or locations, or if you have a question about what you heard today and you want to connect with someone, I want to encourage you to visit us on our website at championforest.org. Have a great day, and God bless.